and welcome to Rogue Pixels, the podcast that shares your love of the biggest and best animations online. Each week, I, Colm O'Hearn, chat with the creators of the most successful tunes on the internet to learn all about how those cartoons came into existence. This week, we are talking about Fanfictasia, Artspear Entertainment's follow-up to their massive Super Bowl trilogy, which we spoke about on Rogue Pixels only a few weeks back. The series hasn't concluded just yet, but at time of recording, in just over two years, this duo have put the first three episodes out into the world and have already racked up close to 20 million views on YouTube. Look, why don't you have a listen to a short snippet of the first episode of Fanfictasia, and then I'll see you on the other side of that with the two creators of the series. We made one world out of many, with realms to suit everyone. Urban realms, fantasy realms, realms under the sea, realms above the sky, even realms within realms. Joining me today to talk about Fanfictasia is, firstly, from Artspear Entertainment, we have Joe Bauer. Hello, Joe. Hi, how you going? And secondly, from Artspear Entertainment, we have Rita Artman. Hello, Rita. Hello. First of all, thank you very much for coming back on the podcast. Now, as you explained your roles on your previous appearance on Rogue Pixels, so if, if you want to go back and listen to that, dear listener, do, we'll move on to the part of the podcast where you tell our listeners what happens in uh, the cartoons we're discussing today. So would you both be able to give a bit of a brief summary of Fanfictasia's story, please? Fanfictasia is a spin-off um, that comes after the Super Showdown Bowl, so the final of our Super Bowl trilogy. Uh, we take those characters that ended up being there and we put them on their own world and we decided to see what would it be like if they actually created this world and decided to live there happily ever after and uh, what would these characters be doing and um, where will that lead? Then we turned it into a murder mystery element too. So That's right, yeah. Some characters start turning up dead and um, an investigation be- uh, begins led by Hela. And Thor. And Thor, yeah. And um, and yeah, uh, looking into the into the all these bodies uh, start turning up, and uh, the leaders of the planet are forced to take drastic measures to get it to stop. They start breaking the rules they yeah they in place to yeah keep them safe. Yeah. This is, as you say, the follow up to your Super Bowl trilogy, but it it really is a a sort of a super Super Bowl. I mean, just everything about it is so much more than its predecessor. I suppose the the first thing I want to ask you about is the idea itself. So when you actually sit down to map out this story, and this is something not too dissimilar to uh, something I've asked a few different guests, but do you initially sit down and try put together the first episode because of how successful the Super Bowl trilogy has become or does the idea just come organically? A bit of both, yeah, because we, we've been releasing these big videos each year and uh, so we wanted to continue doing that. We didn't and, want there to be a drop-off where people would then yeah. lose interest in the channel, I guess. Yeah, and um, and we'd finished, we'd ended uh, Super Showdown Bowl with this happy ending where they leave that planet where they've all been trapped and go off and create their own world. Mm. 
um, basically. And then we na- give the world a name and uh, we send them off. So and we were leaving it open for ourselves yeah. to do that. And then it was about like, can we get a good story together? Because, um, because I guess our was sort of, because we came from a traditional film kind of point and we'd like to go back to that. Um, ideally we don't spend the rest of our lives doing animation um, and we move back to our live action things, but because we'd built this huge, like this, this YouTube platform and we wanted to use that and show people that we could do stuff that was beyond just um, taking a cheap punchline and using somebody else's IP that already exists and getting kind of views because of that. We wanted to show that uh, within that we can create characters, we can create a story, and even if we take an existing character because, hey, that's going to be our hook for you to come and watch our show. Um, And, yeah, like you said, just like put even more, try and show off different characters we hadn't shown off before for those people that felt like they were robbed because their kind of character didn't get in. Um, We wanted to show that we could write a story and we could write a mystery and it could hold up. Um, So there was a lot more planning in the actual story this time than there was so for the the bowls where we kind of decided after the first one and a bit that we were going to turn it into something more than just fighting. When you do have characters that already exist, how free do you feel to make them your own? I know that this series is called Fanfictasia, so you can basically do what you want to do and it's in the spirit of fan fiction. But do you still feel tied to certain characteristics about a Harley Quinn or a Deadpool or whoever it is? It has to be real. Like it has to, it has to be viable to the point where the audience isn't going to go, that is so far out of left field, like you have taken the, the character and destroyed it. Right. So I guess like when you see people, like I, I mean, I guess we'll see what James Gunn now does, um, and they take these characters that we've seen before, um, the ones that do it really well, they keep the the essence of the character but to build something else, something new around it. When we were picking which character would, um, say, have a career here or who would who would be like the teacher or who would be, you know, we really wanted to try to make sure that whichever character we picked, if they were to start a world from scratch, like could potentially find themselves in that career choice. Because if there's a world where they're all heroes and they're all villains, then they need to run this world. There's going to be people in there that are contractors, nurses, you know, teachers, they're, they're running the show. So who are these people and why? Like, why is Hella like we needed a detective who was going to be that detective and why? And if you watch, um, yeah, we talk about Hella's reasoning for why she became a detective um, and it is based on stuff that is is known about the character through the movies but it's not actually explored in terms of that for that character in that film. We take it and sort of go, okay, well, that's a bit, I guess for her she feels ripped off because Father said, yeah, let's be warmongers and whatnot, and then he just kind of changed his mind one day. Well, that's never, like, really explored, but is she really a villain because she's kind of just been doing what she was taught and then and the carpet was ripped out from under her, so. The character, the, the backstory of Helen in Thor Ragnarok is so fascinating mm-hmm. and it, it really feels like that it, the potential wasn't, you know, used that much. Like, just the relationship between Helen and Thor, like, they only have, like, a couple of scenes together and they just basically fight in both of them. So, like... 
you know, what would it be if they actually had to like spend time together and talk to each other? Mm. Like I thought. And that that just, sibling rivalry. Yeah, that's like seemed, your younger brother and just kind of. That seemed on. both, yeah, really funny and really interesting to mm. us. So, yeah, so that was how we chose them as to be the, the two detectives characters. And obviously we're bringing uh, Harley Quinn and Deadpool as the other two mm. leads from uh, the previous trilogy. But now but like, they've got be. kids. And they've been married for eight years and, you know, they've changed a bit. But but then to get, say, Thor onto the detective team, we didn't want to just be like, oh, well, coincidentally, he's just a detective too. It doesn't really kind of work for the character that we've created for him to be. We've got more the dumb Thor and <laughs> him being an actor and a show pony, it just kind of worked. And an excellent pawn as well with... Thor in order. <laughs> I know you're already serving 53 consecutive life sentences in Supermax, but if you don't play ball with the DA, I'm going to make things hard for you. What are you going to do? Send me to the electric chair? Send you? You're in it. <laughs> oh, I wasn't really feeling that one. Let's run it from her line and I'll give it a bit more juice. Also, not to question the script, but is this accurate due process? They're your four primaries, Hella, Thor, Harley and Deadpool. And then like with the fanfic 10, and again, because I know we're, we're talking about a series that is ongoing at the minute, a time of recording. Are you choosing characters because of the reception uh, to those characters in the Super Bowl trilogy? Or because I know there are also some characters like, say, Princess Peach, for example, who is effectively a new character as well. So what's your reasoning behind choosing, say, the characters in the Fanfic 10? The Fanfic 10 were chosen to sort of represent everybody so that we had like a core character from, say, from Marvel, from DC, from horror movies, from video games. Like we wanted so that if the world was going to be inclusive, so Harry Potter, like the fantasy side, so we wanted every world to feel represented yeah, it was like and a big genre and big franchise mm, was like what we were and trying. And popular characters from those franchises. But we want to have like a mix of heroes and villains and an even mix yeah. of uh, male and female. Male and female and, and a span across. So even though they were obviously they're the characters that maybe have a bigger audience as well. So that was um, that was definitely in mind when we picked those characters. But, but it was yeah. that and so that if it was a board of fanficasia that everybody living under them would feel somewhat represented there. You can see them in leadership positions. Mm. Like it's some of them were, were actually are leader characters. Mm. And then, yeah, and that's how we arrived at those 10 and it took a while to pick them. But, and then we kind of lucked out in the um, third episode when it came to the interrogations, because there was a lot, just with those 10 characters, there was a lot of funny stuff um, you could do with, mm. uh, with each of them in the interrogations and how they're like sort of connected to each other in yeah. weird ways. That, and like the fact that Anthony Hopkins uh, played, um, uh, played Helen Thor's, Thor's father, father and we have that. And they have that like scene. scene where they confront him and just the quid pro quo thing, like he, like Hannibal would. But like, you know, they're looking at someone who looks like their dad as they're talking about their daddy issues. And it's just, that was a complete accident. But yeah. We put a lot more thought into the victims and mm-hmm. like I said, with this one, we actually, we know where the story's going. We really planned it out. Um, there was a lot of walking around kitchen bench, like mm-hmm. arguing why we could or couldn't do these things. And mm-hmm. we came up with pages of plot points and stories that like, yeah, didn't make it in and other ones that did. And then ones that were forgotten for a year. And then we're like, why did we have that? Oh my God, we need that. And that's not going to work without that. <laughs> so, like 40 pages of notes going back like several years. 
um, where we worked out the, the ending of this thing of this mystery and all that stuff. Mm. And it's just like dot points for like 40 pages. And I've since gone through and um, highlighted them five different colors for the five different episodes. And so like, okay, we've used all those points and then like we've got the next, last two colors to go uh, to get all the information out. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's how, that's how the scripts are built off that document. And I have to like make sure all the dot points are in the script and then build around it. And then sometimes yeah. we, we build just general scenes and go, okay, well, we need characters to say these lines. Mm. Who would say this? Who could say this? Who have we not used mm. yet? Yeah. Like, And that was a lot more in the in the bold, um, just going back to those videos, because there was a lot of, uh, in Super Showdown, Bowl, Showdown right? yeah, because yeah. we, had, we had that story and we have like countless characters when there's all these like lines of dialogue of, of things that have to be, said who could say this yes i, I suppose we i, I referenced this but fanfictasia to me it, it, it just appears to be so much of a more ambitious and more involved project than the super bowl trilogy even just animation and art wise and i totally understand you have fewer characters per episode i, I suppose but like all of those different environments that those characters have to go to like each of those places need different backgrounds like i i can't even fathom how long an episode takes you especially when this is all joe and rita and like another thing actually to take into account that's popped into my head is the different art styles like super bowl had one distinct style while here you're incorporating different styles of different characters and i don't know if that impacts you as well yeah it's it's like like you said like the backgrounds are the, are the biggest thing like the environments you got to create all the um yeah the backgrounds and all the objects in it and um and some of them are really mm. complex environments like you know deliberately so as they are in the films like the matrix um ship and stuff you know it's all designed to be incredibly complicated looking so mm. it's just like noise and you forget it so yeah you got to try and replicate all that and yeah, like animation styles. I mean, then the animation is all like pretty much uh, the same kind of thing. But there are certain characters that are like uh, the anim- like the Disney characters, like uh, Ariel and yeah. and Sebastian. Um, they are like they have to be yeah, like literally more animated, and their mouth shapes are more complicated because yeah, trying to trying to sort of match that style. It's obviously it's not as good as the Disney style because theirs is like drawn frame by frame every time, whereas mine is mine is like objects and things but like the mouth shapes and stuff are pretty much all they have to draw all the different shapes and when you're dealing with backgrounds that are so iconic in in some circumstances where you've got like the titanic and that um kind of thing like the matrix that joe was talking about earlier it's not just okay to be like a shape in the background people are going to stop and and look at that as yeah. well and i'm going to create like um, all the uh, like elements as well, like you know, the fire bubbles, the smoke, and all that stuff. I've built up like a library of a library of all these things over the seven years I've been doing this. Um, from all the spoofs and the, and the bold films, I've got like libraries of all different effects and sparks and fire and explosions and stuff. And uh, every every time we do a new spoof, if there's there's often like a new element, like oh god, I need a new explosion because the one I have doesn't look like cool enough for this Godzilla shot. Damn it. <laughs> Gonna make a new one, and then that goes in the library. And like, okay, that's cool. Well, at least I'll have that if I need it for you know fanfictasia or something. There's also, I mean, you you mention it when you talk about the backgrounds and getting 
you know, if, if it's an iconic setting from a particular film, there's a very clear love of cinema in each episode, um, like Super Bowl, but I would say even more so, like it's overflowing with references. Would you say though those reference points, is that a joint thing between you both? Or would you say that one of you brings that to the table more than the other? We both have different things that we were into. And so Joe's a lot more. Um, yeah, my brain is full of all just useless movie like references and Not lines useless. of dialogue and stuff. Like, yeah. I know I found a use for them. Like for, for the average person, yeah, it's completely <laughs> useless. Like, I, I don't remember anything about my own life. I have no memory of like important dates in my life or that sort of thing. But I can remember like lines of mm. dialogue from films I haven't seen in years. And I'll get fixated um, more like on, on the kind of one thing, like I'd get really into Sailor Moon, as, as you can probably see, is a big one um, for me. And all of the, um, like uh, the different kind of horror villains, Joe didn't watch as much of that kind of stuff um, as a kid. And so we had a lot of stuff that we both really enjoyed, um, like, and then a lot of stuff that was like me that Joe hadn't heard of and a lot of stuff that I'd heard of but never seen but Joe knew all about. Yes. So we're trying to kind of combine all those things, um, which is kind of cool because you will go, oh, I need a character that can do this and one of us will know a character off the top of our head and then we can kind of delve into that a little bit more. Um, so with just the the broadness between the two of us, like kind of find something in the ballpark where we, yeah, yeah. complement each other's brains, I guess, to the point. <laughs> We've got a brain between the two of us. At time of recording, yeah, we are three episodes in. Uh, you've already said that you have it all planned out. Do you think that this is the final chapter for these characters? Or could there be yet another part to this story? By the final episode of Fan Fictasia, we will completely have wrapped up this story. It is a kind of world where you can come back and do another story. If we think of something else, it probably won't be a murder mystery next time. It'll be a different kind of genre will go down um, and we might focus on, say, different core characters or, like, obviously you want to come back to those four as they are, Fan Fictasia. But, um, but yeah, it might go in a different direction. If we were to do something else, it'll be a totally different story. Hmm. Might reference the first story, but um, yeah. it's so uh, if if we if we leave it, we leave it, and if we want to, like, if we can think of something else, because the thing is, you you want it to be good as well. Um, you don't want it to be something where you start and it, like these things take so long, and people are like already putting in five years or four years to watch this series. People are growing up, having children, moving, like, you know, to keep that that audience interested for 10 years, say, to do another series. Yeah. Like, we would really need to start bringing out the videos faster, um, getting more, like, animators on board. Um, so it all just depends. If we if we manage to, like, um, build up our, our company and do other things and, and get beyond this and we're to the point where we can afford to have other animators, be great continuing that story or to do another story. We've thought of another animated series, uh, which is maybe more for like Netflix or something else, um, but we need to like get that pitched. But that would be kind of similar to Fanficasia, but different. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's like keeping the door I mean, open. One question I like to ask people that I bring on is, uh, what is your favourite part of the animations that we've discussed? So... 
Joe, do you want to start us off? What What's your favorite part or parts of Fanficasia? I guess of the first three episodes, I suppose I should say, of Fanficasia. I do really, I do really like the Little Mermaid part because I like um, the underwater stuff. I think like uh, the Ariel Sebastian thing is is like a really funny little relationship. <laughs> and yeah, I, I really like that scene. I think it looks good. And I had a few. I guess I really like the. Um... I really like the scene in it's a, it's a second fanfictasia. Uh, I like the Muppet recreation of the bowl, yeah. and I like how that comes out. And you got Judy Jets, and I love Judy. I love the Jetsons, Flintstones, and all that kind of stuff. So that was, and to be able to have like a, a drive through out in space. I don't know. There was a lot of cool things I really liked about that particular um, section there. As an actor, I really enjoyed um, playing the Harley and Hella interrogation scene between the two of them. Um, it's just quite fun when you can play off yourself. You know what the other person's going to say and how they're going to say it and then where you're wanting to land your joke, um, which is cool. So, like, giving yourself space as both actors to, to do it is, is quite fun. Hello again, Miss Quinn. Or is it Mrs. Wilson? Actually, I kept my last name because I value my own identity. You should try it, Detective Odin's daughter. Indiana Jones and Lara Croft in a tomb I get. But you, you're a therapist. A poison can be more than one thing. So true. Like how a mother of two with a nine-to-five office job in a marriage that's lost its spark can just snap one day and go on a killing spree. Or how a dedicated detective can abandon her principles to the lure of the spotlight. Obviously, an important part of videos on the internet is the comment section. So I have gone through all of the approximately 30,000 comments on, at time of recording, all three parts of Fanficasia. But I've only chosen to read out a handful uh, rather than all 30,000. The first one here is from Telus Animated. They commented on Fanficasia, The Phantom-Like Menace, which is the first episode. And they said, 21 minutes, I'm going to grab the popcorn. And I'm, I'm, I wanted to highlight this one because I wanted to ask about the length of these episodes and the frequency of them, I suppose. When it is just the two of you, you can't be putting them out every week or every month even or, or whatever it is. These things take time. How hard are you on yourself where you're going like, this thing, we've recorded the dialogue and it's nearing a half an hour or something that we need to cut it back because it's going to be another 12 months before we get it out or whatever it is. Is that thought ever in your head? Uh, Once. (laughs) Uh, Generally, we don't like to cut any part of the actual thing and we kind of think, okay, if we can make it happen, the longer the better. If you're already waiting for a year, you may as well sit down for half an hour and watch Christmas special because otherwise you're going to be really annoyed at us when we give you something that's like eight minutes long after you've waited 12 months for it. So, um, but when we did Confession, the first and second episode, Mm -hmm. they were meant to be one episode and we went way too long and we realised it. We realised it after I'd already recorded all my voices for two episodes and you were like just starting yours. And we realised time was our enemy and it was just not. It was like 50 pages. 50 pages or something, yeah. And we thought, oh, it's going to go faster. Like then it's not going to time out to 50 minutes, but then 
It did. And yeah. like you said, the backgrounds and everything. And I don't even know, do you know when we actually recorded that? It was like end, it was late in the year too. We decided, we, yeah. we yeah, we we're going to chop, we chopped that script in two and made it episodes one and two. And that, it was only meant to be four episodes. Yeah. And we had a decent ending point for the first episode. So, okay, we do that. And then like, with what was left, we uh, added on the uh, Muppets opening to like. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And originally it was just going to be the scene with uh, the two Muppets, uh, Kermit and Miss, and Miss Piggy, Piggy, acting out um, just the that final Harley's death yeah. scene. And so we like, okay, let's expand it and do a whole bunch of different bits from Super Shot and Ball. And then we had to like work out which Muppet should be which character and what, which bits we could do. So like, yeah, Oscar the Grouch became Oscar. So yeah, that, was, that actually worked out good, yeah. Another comment here from Saitaro. They commented on uh, episode two, The Vault of Unkept Secrets. And they said, this web series has better storytelling and character portrayal than the current state of MCU. I wanted to read this out because I, I tweeted something in my brain where I was wondering if you were ever concerned about the popularity of the properties that you're parodying. Um, we tried to use characters that had such a big fan base behind them. Like I think Harley Quinn and Deadpool, regardless of what happens to their movies, those will be characters that people will like to cosplay for years. Um, mm. But other characters, like if you look at um, – Ethan Hunt and Mission Impossible and these are characters that aren't like fast food well they are now but they're not farmed at you every six months in another Marvel movie and they've had this long career that they they last there's always going to be interest in Indiana Jones I mean maybe not this next film who knows they're also trying to but there's going to be that Star Wars has always had fans people are going to always like Darth Vader so even if it's like another generation down the track from now the cool thing about fan fictasia is that people watch it in the hope that we're going to dig something old out like when we put pain and panic in from Hercules and Joe didn't want to include those characters because he doesn't but I love those characters right but I knew that there'd be at least one person that goes oh my god that's a cool character that I haven't seen in so long Hello. One final comment here from Nubigant, uh, who commented on Guiltfinger. They said, guys, this is truly amazing. Rita's acting in this episode is really great. Hella's morals and objectives stay consistent. But as the situation around her changes, she goes from being a hero protagonist to being a villain slash opposing force. That is excellent writing. Looking back at the first episode, The Seeds of the Kids, and who they became are actually present. It really feels like you guys knew and know where the story is going and not just winging it. Again, good writing. Looking forward to that next episode. Thank you. <laughs> yes. No pressure. It sounds like he's typing it like, you know where this is going, right? It <laughs> really sounds like do not make me wait two years yeah. <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> Something that's just popped up in my head. Has the recent interest in murder mystery, did, did that influence Fanfictasia at all? Obviously, murder mystery has been around since however long. Agatha Christie, Poirot, Marple, etc. Even some of those characters pop up in Fanfictasia. But with, say, um, uh, Ryan Johnson, it really has sort of introduced murder mystery a little bit to a younger generation. Yeah, we don't, we'd already come up with this sort of before Knives Out, but I think it, it was mainly because we know that 
you're watching a murder mystery or if you're watching any sort of true crime or serial killer thing, like then you've got something really important and powerful making you watch the next episode. And it's like, who did that? So the who done it, it's just like when you're telling a story over such a long time period, it's such a good hook to keep them coming back to because of it. Can you can like sci-fi that sort of stuff? You can get good hooks too. Like oh, I'm in another dimension or whatnot. But after a year, you might forget about it. Murder, especially of like one maybe your favorite character or something like that. People kind of sticks in their mind. Thank you very much for such a deep dive on fanfictasia with me. But we're not finished yet. We begin the winding down process with a quiz. Um, I hope you have fond memories of it the last time where you were the, the first guests on Rogue Pixels that actually turned into a team. It was quite heartwarming <laughs> to see. But this time, Joe and Rita, it's time to see how well you know the central characters of this series, Hela and Thor. A couple of questions on the character, a couple of questions on fanfictasia itself. Rather than go against each other, Look, you're a team. Why not? Confer all you like. That's that's much better. <laughs> first question. Can you tell me what year was the Thor character first introduced? 50s or 60s? Is that too early? Oh, 50s. Yeah. What do you reckon? 60? 65. Because it's got to be um, Stanley. Right? Yeah. How old? Um, seven? Well, how, he been 70. Where was he? What? 76? Let's try 1970. 1970. Oh, you were nearly, you were getting so close there at the beginning when you were saying 65 and it's 62. Ah, oh, 62. <sighs> he first appeared in a comic book series called Journey into Mystery. Second question then, can you tell me what year the Hella character was first introduced? The look says 90s to me, I don't know. It might have been even earlier. 1989. This one surprised me. Hella was first introduced in 1964. <gasps> what? Oh, wow. wow. Only, Only two years after Thor. Yeah. So let's see how you do with some questions about fanfictasia itself. I think you you aced this the last time I had you on. So what is the first line of dialogue that comes out of Thor's mouth in fanfictasia episode one, The Phantom Like Menace? This is quite hard, I, I think. Oh, well, I, you might get it straight away. He's talking to Nebula. I know you've... I know you've already served... Some number of life sentences. 66, I'll be generous on like numbers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you're already serving like a num- insert number here, life sentences at Supermax, but if you don't play ball with the DA, I'm going to make things hard for you. What are you going to do? Put me in the electric chair? That's, that's outstanding. That is so, so close. He says, I know you're already serving 53 consecutive life sentences in Supermax, but if you don't play ball with the DA, I'm going to make things hard for you. Yeah, and he says, while he's talking to Nebula while filming Thor and Order. Well done. Incredible recall on, uh, on the dialogue. <laughs> Pointless yeah, trivia. What is the first line of dialogue that comes out of Hela's mouth? In Fanfictasia, episode one. She answers the phone. Yeah. I'm in the middle of an enormous case. The Detective Odin's... Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Again, it's, it's close enough for me. Uh, yeah, she says, Detective Odin's daughter. Uh, and again, this, is a hard, this would be a hard one to recall because she's having a conversation with somebody and you can hear the other end of the line. She says, Detective Odin's daughter. Okay, first slow down. 
Second, if this is another light speeding fine, you've got the wrong extension. <laughs> and your final question then. Hela's first appearance in the MCU was in 2017's Thor Ragnarok. In order to prepare, actress Kate Blanchett learned a martial art. Which one did she learn? Muay Thai, was it? Was it Muay Thai? Was I other? Was it Qigong or one of the? It was one of those ones. Capoeira. 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 But I think we can consider that a win for you overall. So well done. <laughs> Our final segment of the show then is something we call "In Case You Missed It," and this is the part of the show where I and my lovely guests tell you, the dear listener, about something on the internet. It is a recommendation from us to you. Would one of you like to start? Oh, yeah, another one that sticks in my head that was really popular video in Australia a few years ago and probably around the world. Another Australian group um, by the Skipbox Girls was a video called Active Wear. I don't know if you guys, if you saw it, but it was basically the premise was at the time when everybody was wearing Active Wear everywhere and they did a song basically like that feeding my baby in my active wear, walking down the grocery with my active wear and all the things you could do with active wear. And it's it's really quite funny. Um, Hilarious video, very talented group of um, girls. So go check that one out. And Joe? Check out Mindhunter on Netflix. It's like two two seasons and Netflix canned it. No, and so we can't get another uh, season three. But like, yeah, so because to do that, by the way, because apparently it didn't get enough views. Give it views, guys. It's it's like the best thing on there. It's so freaking good. I, David I, I Fincher, um, like serial killers, true life story stuff. It's fascinating. It's awesome. They always say that it doesn't get views, but they cancel after like two seasons <laughs> or three. Seasons. I'm like, I'm sure this was getting yeah, views. Give it some time, you know. Maybe it's a slow burn. Yeah, <laughs> like let this go out into the world, and like <laughs> I'm sure I'll get millions it's of views now. Since it's got season. my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, very quickly, recommendation from me. I rewatched it again recently. Uh, and I think people are a little unfair on those later seasons. Uh, I'm going to recommend Arrested Development. Uh, yeah, I, I think those Netflix seasons, four and five, people are a little harsh on them. I think it's still Arrested Development. It's still very, very good. And uh, yeah, then this is the part of the show where you get to promote Art Spear. So yeah, where can where can people find you? YouTube. Um, our channel is called Art Spear Entertainment. A-R-T-S-P-E-A-R. And uh, yeah, you can find all our stuff on there. Check out our animations. Check out our live action comedy series, The Void, The Void Rebooted. Um, Yeah, Yeah. lots of fun stuff on our channel. Just, yeah, check it out. Yeah, or just Google us and have a look at our feature films if you can find a copy. Sure, they're (laughs) floating around somewhere. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys, for for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure having you on for for a second time and maybe who knows maybe when fanfictasia comes to its conclusion maybe we'll have you on for a third time to discuss the ending of it oh, where it all went be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> discuss the blowback you mean okay yeah cool yeah. so you said you knew where this is going at the time what yeah, well, is your plan we'll, for and we'll hear from that commentary yeah, what is it <laughs> I trusted you <laughs> we didn't know didn't you see my comment <laughs> Just didn't like where it was going. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. And yeah, I'll um, all the best with the rest of Fanfictasia and I'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us on again as well.
And that just about does it. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. You can also find us on social media. We are at Rogue Pixels Pod. Get in touch and let us know who you would like to hear on the show. This has been a Spudgun Studios production. I have been Colin Ahern, and I'll see you again next week for another episode of Rogue Pixels. Pixels.